Welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the fantastic Pop Culture on the Rocks, fresh with a twist, all that jazz. <laughs> You're going to start singing Chicago? <laughs> I guess so. And all that jazz. <laughs> That was good. I like that. Thank you. I'm your host, Anna, with my co-host, Callan. How's it going? Physically, I, I have been better. Oh. Currently, I'm sprawled out. I woke up and my back was really hurting. So I'm trying to like find a good position for it, like my lower back. Mm-hmm. So I'm laying on a heating pad. Oh. So... This is a new position uh, to be recording in. I was about to say, yeah, I've never seen you uh, lay down before. (laughs) Well, I hope you feel better. That's never fun. Thank you. I keep laughing at myself because literally I just sat and read on my bed last night for a few hours. And I really think that my lower back is sore from my sitting position. And that's just like the stupidest reason ever to have back pain. I'm like, I know I need to be doing more like working out and like getting my posture in order. But I'm also like, is this my age? (laughs) You hit your mid 20s and it's all downhill. Yep, just crumbles from there. Lovely. (laughs) Well, are you drinking anything to to take the edge off a little bit? When I went to go get it, I was thinking maybe this will help because I took like Advil today, didn't help, did some stretches, didn't help. So I'm hoping my hard cider will help. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a new kind of cider though. Well, I got it at Trader Joe's, but it's called Woodchuck Hard Cider. It's cute. It has a woodchuck on the label. Oh, nice. It's made in Vermont, so you know it must be good because New England has the best apples from what I have heard. It says amber, so I guess they have some different kinds, but this is amber sweet red apple. On the label, it says the original since 1991 crafted to deliver a medium body sweet red apple taste and clean finish. Mm. Yes, it says the original American hard cider. So if that's true, that's that's cool. I'm glad I'm trying the original. (laughs) I think it's good. It's 5% alcohol. I would agree that it's pretty smooth. It's not super sweet. It's not it's it's kind of a mild flavor, which I guess is what mm-hmm. they mean by medium body and clean finish. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Always down to try the oldest. Exactly. And the bottle's cool. So try it if you see it. What are you having? Well, I've mentioned before that I got a tequila bottle like a month, <laughs> two months ago. <laughs> And I'm still trying to make my way through it. It is only me that's drinking it, so I feel like I take a little bit longer. The dogs haven't haven't gotten into it yet? <laughs> Thankfully not. Oh my gosh, that would be horrific. So, you know, I've made a lot of margaritas on here, mm-hmm. which are great. Always a solid choice. But I wanted to try to find some tequila-based recipes to try myself. Yeah. Not, nothing, nothing too crazy. <laughs> But something, you know, different and easy that I can try. Well, I went to the store recently and I got some oranges. And so I decided to make a tequila screwdriver. Ooh, I bet that's good. It is very good. However, I forgot that I don't have a juicer. Oh, gosh. (laughs) 
And you know, they always say like fresh is like always the best fruit wise. So I thought I was doing good getting orange juice and it is very tasty, but I don't have a whole lot. (laughs) It's very little, but um, it's like what you could squeeze out of it by hand. Yeah, I tried my best to squeeze out every little ounce. There is quite a bit of pulp. (laughs) a hundred percent pulp (laughs) (laughs) right but i like pulp so it's okay that's good i have had like regular vodka screwdrivers before and i like those and i think i like the tequila one maybe a little bit better just because i feel like you can taste it a little bit more i would agree i haven't had a lot of screwdrivers because i don't gravitate towards orange juice even though i like orange juice on its own but like that's not my go-to mixer i guess but i think i would i think i would like a like tequila in it because i do like mimosas a lot not but that really mm-hmm. is related to tequila. But I feel like <laughs> the champagne and then also the tequila have a flavor that I like, whereas vodka's kind of just like there. Yeah, right. That's true. That's kind of that's kind of how I feel as well. It has a little more depth of flavor. Yes, a better <laughs> flavor profile for you. I like that. I need to get you a reamer. <laughs> yeah, I definitely need to get something because uh-huh. I can't be a real bartender for you know i only get two ounces of juice <laughs> that's right you're gonna <laughs> be that. having very strong cocktails if that's your <laughs> method <laughs> yes exactly dangerous combination dangerous combination could be any type of uh tv show it sounds like i don't know where i'm going with that <laughs> that's <Anyway>. true that's true <laughs> what have you been watching listening consuming all that i was thinking about my answer to that and i I uh, figured I'd round off my Sex in the City um, topics because Sunday night I watched Sex in the City 2. Nice. And I know I last talked about watching the first Sex in the City movie. So, uh, yeah, I had a little movie night and watched number two on HBO Max because they took it off of Netflix days before. Um, So (laughs) I'm glad that I have HBO Max. Yeah, I'm glad you found it. And it was good. It was also two and a half hours like the first one. So, like, you got to settle in. (laughs) (laughs) If you missed me talking about it before, it came out in 2010. So it's the most recent piece of content we've gotten for Sex in the City until the new show comes out. And it was pretty good. Like, I think it has, like, mixed to negative reviews, even from, like, big fans. Because the plot is not the best. It's kind of showing them all, obviously, in their relationships and what's going on and maybe, like, new struggles they're having, stuff like that. And then they go on a trip. Samantha, I've mentioned works in PR and so she gets a business trip to Abu Dhabi and so all of the ladies join her for this trip to Abu Dhabi and obviously it's a cultural shock in both ways uh, for everybody involved so it was interesting like it was kind of cool to see Abu Dhabi like in the movie the people who live there saying how Dubai is over (laughs) like Abu Dhabi is (laughs) the place to go now so yeah it was interesting it had some good care characters like reappearing who we had not seen in a while so that was kind of Mm -hmm. cool but overall it would be at the bottom of my list as far as the show and the first movie it would be at the bottom we'll see how the show comes to fruition how it turns out when it 
arrives. Well, interesting. That's good to know, at least. You know, I know I'll watch it at some point, so that's helpful. I feel like Abu Dhabi is not somewhere that movies really go. No, I don't really know how all of that was chosen. I'm going to have to research the production aspect of it. Because I think that was part of the reason the movie wasn't as good is that it just felt a little random. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the vacation was random, but also the location was super random. And like it was cool to see, but it was kind of like they wanted new scenery mm-hmm. while stuff within the relationships was still happening it just felt a little like now why are we doing this like we can just be at home having these same conversations you know but yeah I guess whenever like shows get movies a lot of the times it seems like they decide they need to do something really grand because like oh we're it's a theatrical Mm -hmm. release so like we got to go big you know yeah that only works some of the time other times it's just Mm -hmm. like "Mm, I would have been okay with Something that just felt like a really long episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like, give me what I'm used to. Yeah, exactly. So, and, like, in the first movie, they went to Mexico, but it was way more tied to the story, and it was way less time of the movie Hmm. that's just my thoughts but if you are like a fan or you're making your way through the show and the movies you definitely should watch it because there's developments in the story and the characters what about you what you been watching well it's actually going to talk about a movie that i watched on the plane as y'all knew last time yeah I talked about another movie that I watched on the plane. (laughs) The other movie that I watched was Emma from this past year. yeah. Have you seen it yet? I haven't watched it yet, but I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. I really enjoyed it. As people know, Callan and I are Austinites, as we say. (laughs) I have never read Emma. That's why I was going to ask if you've read it, yeah. Yeah. I've always been a little intimidated by Emma because it's so big, such a big book. Uh Uh-huh. But I've always really enjoyed the plot line because it's about Emma who is kind of like a matchmaker in her city and she's like not really looking for a relationship. And of course, you know, she stumbles upon someone who's been there the whole time. Classic. Uh, I have seen Gwyneth Paltrow's version of Emma and I thought that one was pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think I liked this one more just because it it had, I don't want to say like a modern feel, but it kind of had more of a edgier feel is the right word. Yeah. I don't know. I can see that just from the trailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I remember watching the trailer and I was like, wow, this is different, mm-hmm. but it looks like it would be good. And I feel like Jane Austen's characters are the kind of characters you could do that with mm-hmm. because she was very much ahead of her time, very much like we're not going to fit into all these gender roles and like what my expectations are. They have big personalities that you can work with. Right. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. The cast was really good. The girl who plays Emma is, I don't know her (laughs) real name, but it's the girl from The Queen's Gambit. Oh. And some other things that I have not seen her in. (laughs) I'm putting the face together now. Okay, cool. Wasn't it an Amazon Prime movie originally? I don't know. Or was it supposed to be in theater? I think that's what it was. And they released it on Prime. Yeah. I, I remember seeing a trailer for it and I think it was 
supposed to be released in theaters. Uh, I googled it briefly before the episode (laughs) recording, and it looks like you can rent it on Amazon Prime, and it also looks like it's on HBO Max, so maybe look it up and fact check me. Okay. Or just get on a plane and you can watch it. I would rather do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. I'll look it up and see, because I do want to watch it. I really like Emma... I read the book, and then I have also seen the Gwyneth Paltrow movie, which is, like, fine. It's an okay, like, adaptation. It's not the best one, you know? So I'm curious to see this. I've read five out of the six of Jane's books, like, full-length books. And Mm -hmm. Emma, while I like it, is my least favorite of the five. Okay. So, I mean, don't let my opinion sway anyone out there (laughs) like I think it just depends on I mean it's all personal preference and like I said they're all good I I do enjoy the plot a lot and I like the love interest a lot he's probably like one of my favorite love interests but I think what gets me about that story is that she is my least favorite like main character like I like her the least Mm. even though she has great character development I like her the least, so, I mean, obviously that means probably I'm going to like her book the least. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Literally named after her. Exactly, so. <laughs> but still very good. <laughs> still worth reading and watching. All of Jane's content is. Right. Classics. So good. Well, speaking of a classic, <laughs> why should we be on The Amazing Race? Every week we talk about this. And every week, we have a great reason. We haven't talked about this. And I don't think that we brag about this part of ourselves. But Anna and I actually do have a variety of athletic background. Whether people know it about us or not. It's true. That is true. We both played sports and we played different sports than each other. So I think we've got a Mm -hmm. wide skill set. For example, I played softball for 10 years. You know, fun fact about me, my last year playing, I went the entire season without a strikeout. So. Whoa. And I was batting, not pitching. That would be awful. (laughs) (laughs) Just to clarify. Just to clarify. Uh, Yeah. But anyway, I ended up quitting like that was my last season because it was turned into be drama and like people were crying every week. Oh. It was just like, this is, I don't have time for this. Okay. This is not, <laughs> I got other things going yeah, on. Yeah. This is not that serious. Everybody needs to calm down. And then I also love golf and play occasionally. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy watching it. So um, those are two very different sports and take yeah. different skill sets, but also take like golf takes patience and like focus rather than strength whereas softball kind of takes a ton of different skill sets that you have to use throughout the field or batting or whatever and then Anna played soccer hello AJ kicks coming at (laughs) you star soccer player over here okay (laughs) and also you played volleyball and you still play Mm -hmm. you know occasionally for fun so both of those you have to have a lot of speed a lot of agility um, and both of those I would say you have to like have a little aggression and you can let it come out on the sports field because people (laughs) will run you down or take the ball away from you in either of those manners so 
I just think we've got a wide variety of athletic skills and knowledge. And I mean, hey, if you want to take it a step further from our years of sports, we learn sportsmanship, like we're going to be competitive, but we're not going to be trashy. We're going to we're going to be sports women. So I just think there's a lot of good mental determination and a team spirit that we learn from all this as well as the physical you know abilities that we can carry with us man that was a good one thank you yeah (laughs) yeah that was great yeah there's a whole lot you learn just from like either like team sports or sports that you do by yourself there are just a lot of things you learn about yourself about others and then just a lot yeah like you're saying a lot of traits that you learn that you can't really learn anywhere else exactly hand-eye coordination or all those dexterity things Mm -hmm. that not everybody knows exactly it just kind of comes with learning a sport yes you have to kind of develop that skill and it helps if you do it from a young age and I know we both started at young ages so it's just like in us Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's true yeah you know I think we need to work that angle maybe in our next audition tape yeah we haven't really brought that up but that's true now that i've thought of it it's it's a good one (laughs) yeah i mean we always say we think we're the whole package so maybe this is the final bow that will tie our everything together maybe that's what we've been missing on our others and that's what's gonna get us on the show right casting is like "Mm, they need one more thing yes (laughs) that and a vaccine (laughs) (laughs) there we go yeah before we get into the main topic I was going to mention a couple things speaking of like team connection a connection being built Anna and I just so everyone can rest easy we are now connected on LinkedIn (laughs) (laughs) I until yesterday didn't even know Anna had a LinkedIn so that was really funny (laughs) that she has like all these connections and I didn't even know she's on there I don't know why you'd never been suggested to me before isn't that weird kind of bizarre (laughs) okay well I I'm doing something a little different. Like I tr- want to try something a little, a little different. Keeping it fresh. Yeah, trying to fresher than this fresh squeezed lemonade, orange juice. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> as you all know, we're both really into podcasts, and I've talked about a couple on the our podcast that I like, some of my favorites, and. I feel like there's, I guess this is considered a genre, I would assume so, that I've really been into recently. And it's something that I've like never really experienced before. It's kind of, it has different names and titles, but I am really enjoying audio dramas, like podcasts. So I kind of wanted to do maybe this episode that I educate Callan on something. I'm thinking about doing one for this episode. And then the next time I'm going to talk about maybe a couple more that I've enjoyed. I just feel like it's a very different experience because there are all types of podcasts out there. You know, there's ours that are like pop culture related or like certain topics. There's news, politics, entertainment, all that, you know, there's a very broad umbrella. And I feel like the audio drama brings another element to it. Like it, it reminds me of, you know, way back in the day before TV, when we only had radios and like everyone would gather around the radio to listen to a story or FDR give us talk or something. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's kind of what it feels like where you're very much immersed in the story. So an audio drama podcast example would be it's telling a story hello and then you have like voice actors who are different characters or one actor who is doing several voices for different characters and then they include sound design and composed music or sound effects things like that that really makes it even more immersive and so you feel like you're in the story and it just feels so much different than other stories that I've listened to so I'm really excited about it uh, I really hope you enjoy it as well listening. I'm just going to probably give you like an overview of the podcast that I've been enjoying that I consider an audio drama just to kind of, you know, wet your whistle a little bit and pique your interest if you're interested. And hopefully if you listen, that would be great because I need some other people out there to talk to about it. So I'm just going to talk about one of the audio drama podcast today because it has two seasons and I kind of wanted to get a little more into the meat of it. So it's called Blockbuster. If you can guess what that's about, <laughs> uh, it's not about the great store that I wish would come back, yeah. unfortunately, but it started in 2019 it's a podcast on, you know, all the major networks, all that. Uh, the creator's name is Matt Schrader, and they have two seasons. The first season is all about Steven Spielberg and George Lucas back in 1970 when they really started their career. So it talks about how both of them became friends and were inspired to make a great modern day blockbuster movie because it's been, you know, there have been some successful movies out there, but nothing really like they used to be like in the golden days of Hollywood or whatever where everybody has seen this movie and it's made bucket loads of money that kind of thing. So it really talks about the beginning of their ideas for these movies and how they use their friendship to really bond and use each other to bounce ideas off of. It's mainly focusing on Star Wars for George Lucas and Jaws and Close Encounters for Steven Spielberg. Really the beginnings of their gigantic career. And it kind of goes through their struggles with production, budgeting problems. If you know anything about Jaws, <laughs> that's a big one. And some of their issues they've had with the crew on their movies. And then a lot of learning about the differences between what the audience thinks and what critics will say and sometimes how that differs. So there's a lot of just like ups and downs. It also includes a good bit about John Williams, who, as you know, is the one of the best. I talked about him on the soundtrack show when I did that episode about how iconic his music is. So he kind of plays a big role in this season as well because they talk about the tragedy of his wife who passed away early on and how he became friends with Steven Spielberg and working on Jaws and other movies and then working with George Lucas on Star Wars and other things later on. And just like, if you think of just legendary music... John Williams is who you're going to think of, Definitely. to be honest. Yeah. I literally did not give anything away, I don't think, <laughs> in that uh, recap. But there's just so much there that I feel like is so interesting. And I really didn't know a whole lot about Jaws and I've never seen Close Encounters 
I've never seen Jaws either. (laughs) I have seen Star Wars. I just found it super compelling because you're just learning about how these men are inspired to create these great films and they decide one day that they're going to do it. So they go and make it happen. The first season is six episodes. They're about 30 minutes each. So pretty easy listening. If you have a long commute like I do, I knocked it out very quickly. (laughs) I started listening to it shortly after they came out with season two. So I basically binged the entire thing. I would have to say the first season to me is more exciting I guess only because I really like Spielberg and Lucas and I like a lot of their films and their whole friendship is just really interesting. The second season is very cool too. It's about James Cameron. I don't know anything about him at all but it had a really cool transition between the first season and the second season. Towards the end of the first season again The audio drama is where you have different voice actors who voice different people. So you hear that George Lucas is at a diner. So you hear all these like cool sound effects and things like that. And he's sitting at a diner across from the Chinese theater where Star Wars is premiering. And he's very concerned because a lot of people are saying that the movie's horrible. It's too weird. It's too out there. People don't like sci-fi. That it was basically a flop. So he's really down in the dumps. And he's sitting at this diner and then we open into the second season and James Cameron is walking into the Chinese theater going to see Star Wars for the first time. Oh, cool. With two of his buddies. So it's kind of cool how they like transition that that deal. Yeah. So uh, it follows James Cameron after he sees Star Wars. He's always really been into sci-fi, but like didn't really know what he wanted to do. He had dropped out of college and had just been kind of working odd jobs. But after seeing Star Wars, he decides to quit his job and pursue a career in the movies, in film. So he kind of learns kind of himself the art of filmmaking. So he gets kind of an entry-level job into a movie production company And kind of rises in the ranks, you know, gets higher promotions. He eventually is able to direct his own film. It's abroad. I think it was in Italy or something. (laughs) I don't think it's anything particularly noteworthy. But there's one evening he is in like a fever dream. And in this dream, he gets the idea for Terminator. Ah. And has like always been interested and like slasher films like Halloween and gets this idea for Terminator. Uh, I've never seen Terminator, but <laughs> I hear it's good. <laughs> the show at Universal Studios is really good. So that's all I have to go off of. <laughs> so it goes into a lot of detail about Terminator and how he came to write and direct the movie. There were co-writers credited as well for that movie. Just kind of goes into his, how he found Arnold Schwarzenegger and how both of their careers were really launched after this movie. Uh And then it, it kind of goes into Aliens, which is a sequel to Alien, Mm -hmm. singular, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) which was also written and directed by him. Again, I've never seen Alien or Aliens. (laughs) But I hear it's good, <laughs> and the alien portion on The Great Movie Ride was really good, so that's all I have to go on. Thank you, Orlando, for educating <laughs> on movies. Yes. <laughs> that's pretty pathetic. But, I mean, if anything, listening to Blockbuster made me want to watch all these movies, for sure, and even watch, like, Star Wars again, because it's iconic. So, yeah, it talks about aliens and how 
it's basically a great sci-fi film that a lot of people really love and one that people think is even better than the original. And something I didn't know, really his casting of Sigourney Weaver was kind of a pioneering move in having a female lead in a sci-fi film. Oh, okay. So I always love that. Yeah, cool. And I love Sigourney Weaver. She's great. Planet Earth, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) can't get any better okay and then next we transition into titanic and talk about uh how passionate he is about ocean exploration Mm -hmm. and about the story of titanic and eventually decides okay well i did a horror film i did a sci-fi movie Let's do a romantic movie. Why not? (laughs) Round it off. You know, like kind of a romantic historical sort of movie. I don't know what you call that, but decides to go there. And if you know anything about Titanic, it cost a ton of money to make and it made even more. Mm -hmm. So I have seen Titanic. So there we go. (laughs) I've seen it on the two VHS tapes, if that tells you anything. Wow, wow. Pretty cool, huh? (laughs) So yeah, that's just a really blanket overview. It doesn't really go into Avatar, Mm -hmm. which again is another Disney World attraction, if you're interested. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen Avatar, the first one, and apparently they're making like five more or something crazy. I feel like they've been talking about that forever, though. Does that actually happen? I know. It's like, is this ever going to happen? I don't know. So the second season is actually 10 episodes. The runtime kind of ranges, so it can be a little bit longer than the first season. Again, it was very interesting. They kind of go into a lot of his personal life issues. Like he's been married several times. So it kind of talks about his relationships with his wives and also his work relationship with his girlfriends, wives, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And apparently James Cameron is like notoriously not great with crew members Mm -hmm. like not the best to work with which i never knew that but uh i can kind of get the vibe from that Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but it talks a lot about you know he has some creative differences i guess is the right way to say it right with crew members and uh people of production and things like that but they also talk about how he just like will not compromise quality for your budget or whatever it may be and how passionate he is about all of the stories that he's trying to tell. So that was very broad, I know, but I didn't really want to go into all of the like historical stuff because it's way more interesting to listen to them talk about it than it is to, for me to talk about it, I will admit. I, as far as I know, the series did really well on all of the, po- the podcast platforms. I would assume there's going to be a season three. I don't know when that will be. But some things that I really liked about it was, like I said, they're all different voice actors for each character, which to me is like even more interesting than maybe like an audiobook where somebody is speaking all of the characters. There are no ads in the podcast and they kind of emphasize they don't do ads because they don't want to break the immersion of you being in the story. That's cool. Which I really appreciate that. It's really cool. They do ask for donations at the end of their episodes and there's like a whole website that you can join like their Patreon and uh, can just donate. You don't have to be a patron or anything. Right. And then they have after almost every episode and then they have bonus episodes as well they'll have behind the scenes talks kind of with the creator and 
the voice actors, sound designer, composer. I kind of talk about like maybe they'll focus on the composer for that episode and he'll talk about how he uses light motifs. If I if you remember from the soundtrack show, light motif is like a theme that you have for a character or an object or a place, something like that. And he talks about like what light motifs he uses in Blockbuster for James Cameron or his friend or whatever and talks to like the different voice actors and maybe talks to them like how did you prepare to voice George Lucas and talks about you know what they did in order to prepare for that I just find voice acting like so interesting because I know it's super different from being a physical actor I guess (laughs) Is how you describe it. Because it's just so interesting how you are expressing your emotions only through your voice. Mm -hmm. Especially in this case, because it's not like an animated film where you have the help of an animated character to really emphasize the emotion. Yeah. It's really all on your voice to show like, I'm mad, I'm sad, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can't use facial expressions or body language or anything. Yeah. You have to Mm -hmm. really emote that through your voice. It's impressive. Right. I know that was kind of a short explanation, but I really encourage you to at least listen to like the first episode, whichever season interests you the most. I would encourage you to listen to the first episode and just get an idea of how interesting it is just to like have an immersive experience like that because I've never listened to something like that yeah especially something like this where it's as far as I know historically accurate and it kind of feels like a biopic Mm -hmm. in a way where like you're going through these characters lives and who they interact with and things like that and their struggles and successes but you're doing it through a podcast version so is there a narrator as well kind of setting the scene or how did they describe that yes there is a narrator uh the creator Matt Schrader is somewhat of a narrator so he he kind of sets the scene for you but also a lot of the time I feel like the sound effects and the sound design also kind of create the environment for you that's cool for like example when I was talking about the diner that George Lucas was was at you hear a lot of like bustling around dishes being tossed about Mm -hmm. forks and knives being banged together so it just kind of like sets the tone yeah and it's like yeah they're talking about eating at a diner but it's like this is a diner yeah (laughs) you're in it with them yeah very cool Mm -hmm. I was gonna ask you kind of touched on the audiobook portion but when you first were mentioning it I was curious about like how you would compare it to like the audible books you've read or something as far as like being immersed in the world and the voice acting maybe uh, as opposed to just like someone reading the book yeah I think it's more immersive and more entertaining like I found myself just like so drawn in with the story when there were were all these extra elements that kind of like set the environment for me and made it like the music for example even adding music to it Mm -hmm. made it more dramatic or more exciting or made it more sad or something like that like we've talked about before just like the power of music in a story is incredible Mm -hmm. so 
yeah, I mean, not to knock audiobooks. Audiobooks are great. And especially, I think a couple episodes ago, I was talking about Drew Barrymore's audiobook that I listened to that she narrated herself, Mm -hmm. which I love. I think that's really cool. I definitely think that's a unique experience. But to me, having like the audio drama just makes it even more elevated. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure they all have their different topics. But I wasn't expecting when you started talking about it it to be about like real people like George Lucas Mm -hmm. and the rest of them like I was expecting just like a fictional story and maybe that's what you're going to talk about later but that's cool to like kind of simultaneously get a dramatized version so it could be entertaining but like you're also learning there could be a normal podcast about all of those directors and all those movies but this is like I guess a more creative way to tell you the history as opposed to somebody just sitting there explaining it all to you. Exactly. And there's so many podcasts, not knocking those podcasts because I listen to them as well, mm-hmm. where it is like, you know, I'm going to give you the facts and this is the interesting things that have happened. But yeah, this this whole experience just kind of makes it even more interesting and more like memorable, I feel like. Yeah. But that is funny that you said that because yes, this is the only like nonfiction one that I've listened to. The next episode I do, I'm going to talk about a couple fictional stories that were also very good. Cool. I like this. I'm intrigued. Are all of these produced by like different people doing these or is it like one? I mean, I guess blockbusters, it's something. How do you go about finding an audio drama if that's what you want to listen to? Is there a category for that? I don't even know. I don't really know either, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. I don't really know. I stumbled upon it because I was listening to the soundtrack show and the guy who, so the creator, Matt Schrader, he also has a podcast that he does with a few other people called Score, something like that. Okay. I've only listened, I've listened to the Howard Shore episode. I haven't listened to any others. Sorry, I don't remember exactly what the name of it is. It is Score, like a music score. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I got the ad for Blockbuster on Soundtrack Show, just because it's a little bit similar yeah. to um, music and stuff like that. And so I heard the, the trailer for it and I was like, wow, this sounds really interesting and really different. So that was the way I found it. I don't really, kn- I need to look and see, maybe I'll, maybe that'll be my homework for next time (laughs) the next episode I am curious to see how you could kind of find more of those and see if that's even a genre or like how you could find right either either nonfiction or fiction stories Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. because I do think I am very much interested in in listening to more of them so I'll have to uh, investigate that That sounds really good. I'm intrigued. I think that's a nice, like, an alternative to your normal podcast or audiobook setup. It's kind of blending a lot of different types of content. So it sounds really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool. It's basically an art form, you know. It feels like a passion project. Yes. We understand that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. For sure. Very cool. Well, thank you. I definitely want to check it out. And I feel like other people will want to find these as well. Just try the first episode of either of the seasons and see what you think. I'm really curious to hear if you like it. I'm sure there are people out there who really don't like it. So I'm curious to hear what you think. And if you end up listening to both, let me know which one you liked better. Maybe you've seen more blockbuster movies than I have. <laughs> Not hard to. All for another perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to, like, dedicate time to watching some of these, like, blockbuster films. Because I've seen at least parts of Terminator, but, like, when I was a kid. So I haven't yeah. watched it old enough to, like, in, you know, really follow the whole plot and everything. 
Of course, I've seen and love Star Wars. Oh, I haven't seen like Alien. I know my dad said that's like a creepy one. Like it'll get you. I bet. And (laughs) I have seen Titanic and I've seen all but the last 30 minutes of Avatar. So couldn't tell you how it ends. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, very specific. Yeah, I'm curious to to watch. Well, I know I've I've seen all the Star Wars movies as an adult, but I have not seen Titanic as an adult. So I think I would like to come back and watch that again because honestly, I don't even know how I was able to watch that. I don't even know how old I was. Yeah. Probably too young. <laughs> Well, thank you. I enjoyed that. Yeah, just something a little different. Let us know what you think. We love a little podcast in a podcast. Right. Yeah, we're Inception over here. (laughs) Yeah, if you listen to the episodes, any episode of Blockbuster, definitely let me know what you think. We are active on Instagram and Twitter. We also have an email and we have a Discord. So please look us up on one or all of those platforms. Our podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, which is pretty cool. So be sure to tell all your family and friends and co-workers and anybody else because we're everywhere recommendations by family and friends mm-hmm. is the number one source of consumer trust so help people trust i can us. attest to that <laughs> yes callan recommends a lot of things and i pretty much listen or watch all of them and they're great ditto just trust us we have great taste so <laughs> <laughs> let us know what you think and If you feel so inclined, please rate and review our podcast. We would greatly appreciate your feedback and subscribe if you want, just so you can keep listening to our great voices every week. And you don't want to miss part two of the audio drama. It's true. It's going to be a good one. (laughs) It's going to be hopefully dramatic. (laughs) So dramatic. Maybe I'll get some sound effects in there and really add to the the drama. Maybe while you're talking, I'll start throwing in like some some noises or some music (laughs) i'll start humming in the background to set the scene (laughs) i love it really make it we're we're gonna sell it that's for sure Uh (laughs) (laughs) until next time i'm callan i'm anna you must be the best judge of your own happiness (music) 